This is Edward Mazur, President Emeritus of the City Club of Chicago. Our program today featured CTA President Dorval Carter. Mr. Carter directed his remarks at Meeting the Moment, Transforming CTA's Post-Pandemic Future. The CTA is the second largest public transit agency in the USA. It has more than 1,800 buses, 1,400 rail cars, 9,000 frontline operations staff, and a weekday ridership of almost 850,000. This is down from 1.5 million in 2019. The CTA serves the city of Chicago, 35 surrounding suburbs, and they provide more than 80% of regional transit rides. CTA, Carter said, is the backbone of Chicago's and the regional transportation network. Similar to many industries, public transit was upended by the COVID-19 pandemic. As ridership plummeted, it's slowly beginning to move back to its previous high of 1.5 million a year, though currently it's 800,000 people every day. There are new challenges with a hiring deficit and growing bus and rail operator attrition that impact service delivery. He announced a new plan grounded on five key pillars. Number one, deliver reliable and consistent service. He said this is the greater, the greatest complaint that they received from riders on the CTA, that they cannot count on reliable and consistent service. He promised this will change in the next six months. He talked about enhanced safety and security for riders, closer cooperation with the Chicago Police Department, the hiring of more security guards, increased canine patrols. He talked about improving the customer experiences at the facilities, cleanliness, friendly employees, and more. Upgrading digital tools so that people can use their cell phone and their computer to lead them to reliable and consistent service. And finally, he talked about investing in the CTA employees, including hiring retired bus and L operators on a part-time basis, perhaps considering things as retention bonuses and hiring bonuses. He said the CTA and what it provides is vital to the successful growth of the city of Chicago, and he wants to be there and the CTA when it all begins to turn around. I know that pretty much everyone in this room knows Mr. Carter and knows of his work, um, but I just feel like we'd be doing him a disservice to not talk about, you know, who Dorval Carter is. Um, he told me not to read his whole resume, so I won't. Um, but just know that um, I'm not even going to go into the numbers of all the things that he's done because you all know it first. And secondly, you can certainly go to our website to check some things out. Um, you know that Dorval's been with the CTA not once but twice. You know that he's been um, acting chief of staff to the U.S. Department of Transportation, Secretary Anthony Fox. You know that he's been the FTA's chief counsel. Um, Dorval is public transportation. And, um, you know, I think that you may know that he went to Carroll University in Waukesha and that he went to Howard Law School. Um, just to know that we've got the opportunity to hear a guy who understands and knows what transportation is like. And it's a challenge, right? Um, I think that 
as we move forward, this is 2022, and we're going to see more and more people, um, hopefully, using different kinds of transportation. And Dorval's going to give you all the stats and the numbers. But um, we just appreciate you being here and look forward to hearing what he has to say. I want to decrease so that he can increase so that we will have plenty of time for questions. I do have some questions now, but if you have questions and they've not been answered during his presentation, please feel free to forward them and um, the folks will get them up to me, okay? So without further ado, Mr. Dorval Carter. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah, we do have a full house here, don't we? Wow. I can see it a whole lot better from up here. <clears throat> you know, before I begin, I want to thank the City Club of Chicago for having me here today. Um, today marks my fourth appearance at City Club since I became president of the CTA. I also want to acknowledge the leadership of our mayor, Lori Lightfoot, and the CTA Board of Directors, all of whom have worked hard to provide counsel and direction to help move this great city forward. Joining us here today for my board is my board chairman, Lester Barclay, and Director Alejandro Silva, who I haven't seen, but I believe he's here somewhere. <laughs> so the last time I was here was in the fall of 2018. Much of my presentation was focused on the future of transportation and the role CTA would play, as well as all the great projects CTA had done. So putting it quite mildly, a lot has changed since then. Except for one thing, the fact that public transit remains an essential part of the region's future. CTA's buses and trains continue to do more than move our customers from point A to point B. Rather, they make it possible for many Chicagoans to successfully live their lives. During this time, we have continued to make important capital investments in CTA, of which I'm rightfully proud, because these investments are about investing in people and communities. But today, I want to talk to you about something much more immediate, the future of public transportation in a new normal and how transit is still a necessary and vibrant public good for our region. I also want to talk about how you can help contribute to making that future possible, but I'll come back to that a little later. The pandemic changed everything, how we live, how we work, and most notably for public transit agencies, how we get around. Over the course of this pandemic, public transit saw some of the biggest changes and challenges from COVID-19. From the outset, my response to the pandemic was driven by three primary considerations. Providing the public transit service necessary to allow Chicago communities to continue to function. Protecting our customers and employees from COVID, especially our frontline essential employees who kept Chicago moving while so many other workers were able to stay home. Creating a level of, a level of financial stability to help us weather the storm of uncertainty. While we at CTA have always put equity front and center in all our decisions, the pandemic made it abundantly clear that access to transit is key to equity and economic engines like ours. 
The customers who took over 250,000 weekday rides at the height of the stay-at-home order were essential workers and residents traveling to medical appointments and the grocery store. They needed CTA to continue running. While that is a small fraction of our 1.5 million pre-COVID weekday rides, we had to keep service running, particularly for the predominantly black and brown people on the south and west sides of of Chicago that relied on us. In fact, among the more important decisions that we made during the pandemic were that, despite our lower ridership numbers, we did not reduce our normally scheduled bus and rail service. The further we get from those days, the easier it is to forget that we were socially distancing and needed as much room as possible on our buses and trains. We believe that equity demanded that we make every effort to safely accommodate the travel needs of our overwhelmingly minority and low-income customers. Every decision we made was executed with particular care and concern for low-income and largely transit-dependent communities. The validity of this decision was strengthened by the results of a passenger survey that we conducted shortly after the start of the pandemic, in which we found that 30% of the respondents wouldn't have been able to get to work without CTA. These were nurses, grocery store employees, caregivers, and first responders. I should note that there is no roadmap or plan for a pandemic. We were literally building the airplane as we were flying it. We knew that we had to keep sending out every bus and train that we could while facing a 70% reduction in ridership and also working tirelessly at the federal, state, and local levels to ensure our continued fiscal health. Throughout the worst of the pandemic, CTA confronted every challenge head on. We significantly increased cleaning of our fleet. We rushed to secure PPE for our employees. We implemented rear door boarding on buses. We added a mask dispenser to every bus and rail station. And we quickly instituted social distancing and we created a crowding dashboard. We also need to protect our frontline employees and I'm very proud of our unique on-site vaccination program and employee vaccination policy, which allowed us to reach a 98% vaccination rate against COVID-19 for all CTA employees. I want to publicly thank Dr. Allison Awadi, the commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health and her staff for helping to facilitate that very successful program here at CTA. And I want to emphasize that this is just a small sampling of all that we did to help our employees and customers stay safe. Our national peers agreed that CTA performed at a high level during difficult circumstances. In recognition of that fact, last year, the CTA was awarded the American Public Transit Association's Outstanding Public Transportation System Award. Our work throughout COVID not only paid off in recognition from our peers, but also from our riders, who responded as well. On our worst ridership days, CTA's ridership still matched pre-pandemic levels for cities like Houston, Dallas, Miami, Pittsburgh, Honolulu, and others. Today, on our busiest weekday, CTA is providing 800,000 rides per day. While daily ridership is down from the 2019 average of 1.5 million, it is up substantially from 2020, and it continues to grow. Critical to our efforts were CTA's essential workers, who were the unsung heroes on the city's front lines. And so, before I proceed, I would like to acknowledge the presence of two 
of our frontline employees whom I've invited to join us here today. So often we discuss these individuals outside of their presence and laud their commitment, but today I wanted to put names and faces to two of the people I am discussing. Joining us today are two exemplary employees. Martha Duran, a model CJ bus operator who has been with us since December of 2019 and operates out of our Chicago bus. And Arthur Scales, one of our great rail operators. Arthur has been with CTA for more than 26 years and operates trains along the backbone of CTA's rail system, the Red Line. Martha and Arthur are joining us today because their department leadership singled them out for high day-to-day -day achievement and excellent performance. Also, they demonstrated an unwavering commitment to doing their job during the pandemic. They represent the absolute best of the best among our CTA family of employees who are the reason CTA has been honored to have received the APTA System of the Year Award in 2021. And I could not be happier that they agreed to be recognized with us here today, representing all of our frontline CTA employees. Thank you both. So our workforce is made up of mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts and uncles. Some employees have gotten sick and needed time out of the office. Others have needed time away to take care of loved ones that have fallen ill. In fact, as of last week, more than 3,500 COVID cases had affected our agency out of a workforce of nearly 11,000. And it saddens me to also note that includes 16 fatalities due to COVID. While we all hope the worst of the pandemic is behind us, for public transit, we continue to suffer the ongoing impacts of COVID, plus new challenges that have sprung up that directly and noticeably impact our organization. CTA service has been under immense pressure for nearly three years, and recent job market and workforce challenges are compounding an already difficult time. From the market forces of the Great Resignation to a very competitive job market and unusually high attrition rates among bus and rail operators, our service is not meeting our high expectations for reliability and on-time performance. I should point out that this is not unique to CTA. The fallout from this reality has been felt across the entire transportation industry. Our peer transit agencies across the nation and the airline industry are experiencing similar workforce shortages. As a result, today, we are unable to put some buses and trains into operation due to a lack of manpower, directly impacting customer wait times and service reliability. To provide some perspective on this, in 2019, CTA employed 9,986 union employees. Today, that number stands at 8,908 nearly 1,100 fewer employees. Among that group is a deficit of nearly 890 bus operators versus January 2020 levels. Over the past two and a half years, COVID-related absences among CTA employees have also varied widely. 
To give you an idea of the unpredictable nature of the illnesses reported and subsequent absence from work, in April of 2020, there were 146 reported cases of COVID-19. That number jumped to 598 in January of this year. And last month, it was only back down to 194 absences from COVID. As a result, each day, our managers must adjust CTA service in real time based on crew availability. We deliver as much service as possible each day, but this can mean scheduled trips do not occur and there are larger than usual gaps in our service. As a result, the information provided by our bus tracker, rail tracker, and Ventra app can be inaccurate because it relies in part on pre-published schedules. And it isn't just service issues that we are facing. The headwinds we faced for two and a half years have created other unavoidable challenges that required our constant attention. Our customers, however, have let us know about their experiences dealing with these issues. And I want them to know that we hear you. We share your concerns and we are working hard to address these issues. And I'd like to share with you exactly what it is that we are going to do. Today, CTA is unveiling our new Meeting the Moment, Transforming CTA's Post-Pandemic Future. You can all get a copy of this when you leave today. Copies of this plan will be available to all of you as you leave out, out uh, at the end of the luncheon. This is truly an action-packed initiative with multiple customer-focused investments designed to immediately respond to our most pressing challenges. Our action plan is supported by five key pillars. They are as follows. Pillar one, deliver reliable and consistent service. Pillar two, enhance safety and security for our riders. Pillar three, improve the customer experience at our facilities. Pillar four, upgrade our digital tools to improve rider communication. And pillar five, invest in our employees. We believe the work we are doing to build upon each of these pillars is key to strengthening CTA's customer-focused culture as well as renewing riders' trust in our service. First, to address our manpower needs, we have upgraded our hiring process to make it more efficient and have launched an extensive marketing and recruitment campaign to attract more bus and rail operators. This initiative includes a multi-dimensional outreach campaign and job fairs in partnership with CTA's unions. We have worked with the unions to incorporate more flexibilities into our hiring rules, including directly hiring full-time bus operators and transitioning over 300 part-time operators to full-time positions. We are hiring retired bus operators to do part-time work. We're employing retired rail instructors for assistance with training, and we're allowing customer service assistants to work a full-time schedule. We're also expanding our partnership with Olive Harvey College to help us train bus operator applicants that do not have a valid commercial driver's license. While CTA has always paid for the cost of this training, we will now also cover the cost of the permit necessary for applicants to obtain their license. And we are already making progress. Just last week, we brought in a new class of 80 bus operators on board, one of our largest classes since the pandemic began. We also held a very successful job fair the week before. But our customers should understand 
Hiring quality candidates and properly training operators in these challenging roles takes time. And we will not cut any corners in training our workforce to safely deliver service. This means our efforts will take longer to bear the fruits that we need on the ground. So while addressing our manpower needs is key to restoring better service in the long term, we know that riders want and need more consistent and reliable service now. To address our current service inconsistencies, CTA is taking action to optimize our schedules to better align bus and rail service with our current available workforce. These new schedules will be grounded in transit equity and existing ridership patterns, while also being reflective of the service we can reliably deliver. Optimization efforts will benefit scheduled service on every rail line and every bus garage in our system. So let me be clear about one thing. This is not a service cut. We are realigning our scheduled service to match the service we are providing today. There is no change in our service hours, no routes will be eliminated, and just as importantly, no employees will be laid off. These scheduled changes will mean customers will have more consistent wait times that may be marginally longer, but most importantly, customers will see fewer instances of inconsistent wait times and fewer occurrences of big gaps in service. With these schedules, customers can reliably and confidently plan their transit trips. As we move forward, I will work with and seek the cooperation of CTA's union leadership to effectively implement these changes. We look forward to continuing our conversations regarding these improvements, and I believe we can be successful, just as we have worked cooperatively on many of the other challenges that we have faced during this pandemic. We anticipate rolling out these new schedules in the coming months. They are part of a comprehensive strategic plan which will improve the quality and reliability of our service for our riders and our operators. And we will continue to rebuild our workforce and these schedules will be nimble enough to allow us to put new operators on the street as soon as they finish their training. As I noted earlier, CTA provides about 800,000 rides per day, which is more than the entire population of Denver and nearly 4.5 million people each week. The safety and security of each and every one of these customers and the employees who serve them is always our number one priority. While the overwhelming majority of rides on CTA are safe and occur without incident, even one crime is one too many, and CTA is committed to working with CPD to make the system even safer. To confront the challenges that we are facing, CTA is doubling down on existing investments in the security of our customers and employees, as well as aggressively pursuing additional tools to keep our customers safe. We continue to have a very close partnership with the Chicago Police Department, which provides patrol officers, tactical units, and detectives dedicated to CTA-related crime. CPD and CTA's partnership is extensive, and we are coordinating closely with them on new ways to further enhance their officer presence on our service. We are working with CPD to strategically utilize our extensive security camera system to both prevent crime and apprehend criminal offenders. CPD operates a CTA-specific strategic decision support center, which features smart policing technology and full connectivity to CTA's extensive security camera network. This center has frequently helped officers to immediately respond to incidents and to make arrests. 
CJ has also made significant investments in security guards to respond to various quality of life issues on our system, like drug use, smoking, and drinking. We have almost doubled the number of security guards working on CTA, and we are further expanding our private security services with a new contract for canine units to help us better address issues like fare evasion, which often leads to individuals later participating in other illicit activities on transit. And our investing in safety measures extends to our infrastructure as well, which benefits employees and customer security alike. We are investing in video screens in the customer service representative station booth that provide real-time camera views throughout the rail station. We're also going to increase the amount of signage we provide that reminds both bus and rail passengers that they are being video recorded. We're adding taller fare gates in some locations to further deter fare evasion. And finally, all of CTA's future bus purchases will include improved, more protective safety shields for operators. And we are retrofitting our older model buses with better shields as well. CTA is a vital transportation service for all Chicagoans. We strive at all times to remain accessible and welcoming to all of our riders. It is an unfortunate reality, however, that our buses and trains become more than just transportation. Individuals are using CTA as their nightclubs, their hangout spots, or their restaurants, and sadly, sometimes their home. I have always said that CTA is a reflection of the communities that we serve, and as such, transit has an obligation to support our own communities. To that end, I believe it is time that we think differently about how we confront these issues. While CTA has typically never played a role in the provision of social services, I believe it is time to address these types of challenges on CTA with the type of new tools and strategies that many neighborhood organizations use in their communities. We are discussing right now how we can expand our community relations efforts to create partnerships with community-based organizations and social service organizations to confront these challenges in an innovative way. With local, state, and federal funding, as well as assistance from foundation and major corporations, I believe serious, meaningful outreach can make a difference. I think we owe it to CTA customers, our employees, and everyone in this great city, young and old, to find out. And while we acknowledge that individuals struggling with homelessness, mental health, and drug abuse must be able to easily ride CTA for their transportation needs, CTA has unfortunately been used as a shelter of last resort, raising concerns around safety, cleanliness, and overall function of a transit agency. Our efforts with the Knight Ministry have provided a good roadmap on engaging people experiencing homelessness thoughtfully and with care, especially on our 24-hour service lines. However, I recognize that we can do more to pilot additional outreach and engagement efforts. We are proactively planning for this winter to contract directly with additional third-party resources that will help us pilot new engagement opportunities to alleviate the strain this public health crisis is having on transit services. While dealing with the unprecedented challenges of COVID-19, our dedicated infrastructure and maintenance employees continue to modernize CTA and push along critical upgrades to our assets for a better riding experience. We know CTA customers want, expect, and deserve the cleanest, most pleasant travel environment we can provide. This is extremely important to me. 
To address this need, we are improving our already extensive cleaning protocols for vehicles, interior and exterior, and we'll be increasing the janitorial staffing to further enhance the level of cleaning on our trains, at our stations, and on our rail right-of-way. We are continuing to update and improve CTA stations through our Refresh and Renew Station Modernization Program, which in, 22, in 2022, nearly 30 rail stations across all lines will receive significant cosmetic improvements and repairs from upgraded lighting to fresh paint and repairing damaged sign and station amenities. The Refresh and Renew program really makes a difference in both the look and feel of some of our older stations. We are also modernizing our vehicle fleet. CJ will soon roll out significant additions to our electric bus fleet, which will help keep us on track to fulfill our pledge for an all-electric bus fleet in 2040. And in addition, our 7,000 series rail cars are a pleasant surprise for riders on the blue line as we get closer to finishing the testing and rolling out of more of these trains on one of our busiest rail lines uh, in our system. We are excited about providing these low emission buses and more comfortable and reliable trains to our customers in the near future. As you also know, the Blue Line connects us to one of the busiest airports in the world. And we are also closely working with the Department of Aviation to upgrade the customer experience at the airport station, which has become one of the top five stations from a ridership perspective in recent years, as CTA is the fastest and best deal in town to get you to and from the airport. CTA also understands that in this tech center world, our customers begin their experience with CTA at home or wherever they are digitally. So we're investing in our digital infrastructure as much as we're investing in our physical infrastructure. Of course, we want our customers to be able to rely upon our buses and trains arriving at times reflective of those shown on our bus and rail trackers, which are subsequently published in the Venture app and third-party apps like Google, Apple, and others. Unfortunately, because our trackers are based on scheduled information, when we don't meet that schedule, the accuracy of those digital tools is affected. CTA was a transit industry leader in bus and train trackers when these tools were launched over a decade ago. Today, we are building on that history of excellence. The planned schedule optimization efforts I mentioned earlier will improve service consistency and contribute towards improving tracker accuracy, but there is still more that we can do. In the coming weeks and months, we will be announcing enhancements to our bus and train trackers to further improve accuracy and to modernize these tools. We're also looking to harness the innovation of the private sector to transform our customer engagement tools, which will allow our customers to communicate with CTA and give us more real-time feedback about our service and their experiences. While we're still finalizing the details, one promising feature that we hope to present very soon is a new chatbot, which will provide customers with more real-time information or the ability to easily report travel issues directly to CTA. None of these exciting and monumental efforts mean much, of course, without my incredible workforce. As I noted earlier, the pandemic showed us all that CTA is more than a public transit service. It is a valuable, indispensable public good. Our bus and rail services are powered by the bus and rail operators, station personnel, mechanics, track workers, and others that keep our buses and trains moving every day. <laughs> These are difficult. So you should know, I have not seen this PowerPoint. 
because every time that we practice this, I'm, of course, focused on reading my, my remarks. So if there's something that's amusing, it's news to me. So that's why I'm looking. <laughs> These are difficult jobs being performed by hardworking people. In fact, a recent study entitled Bus Operators in Crisis by the Transit Center, an organization that studies and works to improve transit across the country, shone a light on some of the challenges bus operators face across the country. We are aware of these issues and are facing them head on. In order to attract and maintain the workforce we need, we will be exploring advancing competitive hiring and retention strategies with the help of the union leadership. This may include things such as hiring bonuses, retention bonuses for bus and rail personal personnel that meet service goals, providing tuition reimbursement, and other possibilities that we will consider. I am confident this action plan is exactly what CTA needs to address our customers' immediate concerns while proactively meeting our transit future. At the core of this action plan are our customers. We are investing in and appreciating both our current customers as well as our employees while taking meaningful steps towards welcoming more customers back. In our collective fight for a just recovery, I have laid out my plans to position CTA for success in the future. Now, I need your support. I need you to continue to encourage your employees to come back to the office and, of course, to use transit in their commute. I need you to think more about taking transit to dinner, to grocery shopping, sports games, and other activities accessible by transit, which are pretty much in every corner of the city. We got into the mindset of taking our private vehicles everywhere during COVID, and I'm hoping we can return to transit stronger than before. I also need your support and your voice in the coming years to adequately fund transit and to help us to expand it. While the current challenges are tough and require us all to think differently about how we provide transit in a large urban metropolis, a transit future with no guaranteed long-term funding solutions can set us back decades. It is for that reason that I need you to talk to your legislators and remind them how important transit is to Chicago, the hub of Illinois' heartbeat. We need Springfield and Washington to always be reminded that without a healthy, vibrant, and properly funded CTA, the city, the riders who depend on us, and yes, the business community, all inevitably will feel the effects. I ask that you join me as a partner and advocate for CTA and for all the other transit services that we have in the region. So I'd like to, to, I'd like to leave you with this. During the toughest days of public transit in our lifetime, CTA demonstrated that it was an essential service in the face of extraordinary pandemic challenges and responsibilities that we had to face. My dedicated team of transit professionals remained committed to moving our agency forward and I personally spent a lot of time ensuring that happened because I believed and I continue to believe that it is what our customers deserve. In return for the commitment I've asked of you, you have my promise to continue to do my part and I will ensure that our employees do theirs. We have a very good track record that I fully expect to continue. The future of CTA is strong and we are prepared to meet the moment. Thank you.
need some water. Yeah, I do need some water. (laughs) His water is not up here. I'm trying to give him a second to... I missed the slide, so maybe I'll get to see what was funny a little bit later. So we've got a few questions. Um, That was a really meaty presentation, so... I'm sure all the contractors and how many people by a show of hands in the room um, contracts works with um, does work with the CTA. Everybody. (laughs) Just saying, you know, Uh, I was talking to someone earlier who said they're working directly with you on a project and they are looking forward to continuing to work. So um, yeah, CTA is the best way to get to O'Hare, right? Or is it midway? Both of them. (laughs) Rebecca, I don't want anybody in trouble with me saying that. So this first question, um, and I'm modifying it just a little bit. I think this was a question from the 1950s. I'm not sure. Um, Several decades ago, this person was a CTA bus operator, number 13851. Why they know that number, I have no idea. You'll you'll know it when I guess further I go along. A position that he filled for three summers assigned to the North Park Garage. At that time, the CTA had an active program that recruited summer operators at various universities and colleges. The salary was approximately $3.50 per hour, and most of them worked the extra board. I don't know what that means, but okay. You guys know what that means? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um. You've kind of already answered the question, but in light of the current employee shortage, um, does CTA have still such a program with universities and colleges? I think you kind of already answered that with the, um, the hiring situation, but um, are they being actively recruited in that way? And the question comes from our illustrious coach, uh, former chair emeritus, uh, Ed Mazur. So he's the only person that would know his bus number or thing like that. For the record, 17894. <laughs> 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 you never forget. Um, uh, and I should also point out, I'll take this opportunity to point out that um, the chairman of the CTA board is a former conductor who also was in the summer program at CTA uh, and now has become chairman of our entire organization. So, We don't currently have a summer program that's focused on bus and rail operators at this point. Uh, we do have a summer program that brings in, that brings in uh, uh, both high school and college students uh, to work at CTA. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've really been doing that is much more efficient and effective for us at this point in time is converting a lot of our part-time employees to full-time. Um, that allows us to increase flexibility and to, and to really create more stability for the workforce over the long haul. Um, the problem you face with, with summer employment is that they come in the summer and then in many cases they leave in the summer. So um, you're right that that was a way to fill up the extra board at that point in time. And it was primarily done because that was also when your full-time employees would take vacation. So you needed extra employees to fill in uh, during that time. Um, I wish my my uh, workforce challenges were as simple as employees taking vacation right now. Uh, it'd be a lot easier for me to solve. But, um, um, you know, I never say never about anything at CTA. And, you know, at some point in time, um, I certainly want to and certainly want to continue to encourage um, young people to, to pursue careers at CTA at any level. 
Uh, and certainly the summer employment program was a way in which a number of people became really connected to CTA and ultimately went on to very you know, exciting and fulfilling careers in our organization. And if not that, they just became chairman of the entire board. So, Great. <laughs> right. Okay, Mr. Brad, could you really remember your number? They gave it back to him. How cool is that? <laughs> yes. Wow. Dr. Mazur, we... retired when you read, just so you know. We, oh, so it goes with you. Numbers. Dr. Mazur, when was, when was your tour of duty with CTA? Well, back in the prehistoric era, back in 1969 to 72. 69 to 72. I was not in kindergarten yet, but I'm just going to move that there. So Diane Hansen says, does the CTA plan to reinstate the Elston Avenue bus? And if so, when? Will the CTA re- <laughs> I'm just reading the questions. Will the CTA reinstate it when, it's con- when the construction is complete at Elston Ashland and Webster. Um, that's a very good question that I don't actually know the answer to. Um, um, whatever service that, let, let me answer in a more broad, broad sense. Service that has been temporarily altered because of construction or other projects does get restored when the construction projects are done. Um, one of the things that we're really focused on, even as we go through this optimization plan, is to make sure that we are not reducing service throughout our system. Um, what we are doing is basically aligning the workforce with the realities of the service you're experiencing today. And so what that means is that you may have been taking a, a train that was coming every four minutes before the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, you're now seeing that train come every six minutes or seven minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes. What we're doing is making sure that, that train comes every six minutes. So it's a little bit longer than you would have done in a pre-pandemic situation, but it actually aligns exactly with what you're experiencing today. That ultimately, we believe, will allow you to plan your trips better and allow you to then better use CTA than you are currently. When we talked to our customers, the complaint that we got about our service was reliability and consistency. The public, I think, appreciates and understands that we have workforce challenges. I think probably everyone in this room is experiencing workforce challenges in some form or fashion um, as we try to recruit and bring in new people to our companies. What they can't put up with is inconsistent service. And so that's really what we're focused on trying to deliver here in a way that will allow our customers to basically get the service they want and to plan their trips better. I should also point out that the customers who rely on our service the most, the most transit-dependent, those who ride our system you know, between midnight and 4 a.m. in the morning, their service will be exactly as it's scheduled. We are not in any way altering that service, but what I am doing is making sure that I have enough people to provide that service the way it's scheduled every day. The appreciation for the first responders and first-line people can't be understated. Um, Thank you so much for those of you from CTA that are here and the work that you do. Um, 
And my number 20 runs on time, so I can't say by everybody else. I know that my number 20 runs. You know who to call if it is. I do. I have some numbers of people I can call. So, Meg Kindlin, are you here from JLK Architects? So, somebody tell Meg that this, the deal is that if you're not here, I generally don't ask your question, but, um, but I'm going to ask it for her. She says, how is CTA working towards a plan to preserve the historic materials in large and complex systems? Great question. Um, first of all, we work very closely with the, historic, um, the historical organizations that uh, require a mandate as part of you know, federal and state regulation, historic preservation organizations. Uh, that we maintain um, certain artifacts that are basically of significance um, uh, to the city. Um, the other thing I, I will say is just as a matter of personal pride, we care very much about our history. Um, you know, we have a, over a 125-year history of transit in Chicago, uh, 75 years of CTA, um, and we probably document both in terms of photography uh, and video, um, uh, any historical uh, facilities that we are, are in some way altering. Um, we do a lot of preservation in ways that actually revitalize and bring back the historic nature of facilities that we operate uh, while adding modern features that we know are important to our customers. Um, and we take a lot of pride in showcasing uh, our history and making sure that uh, uh, not only the public but our employees uh, and, and others are aware of and can ultimately support uh, the work around uh, the preservation of that work. You know, the interesting thing, though, you know, is that my system is 120-something years old, and most of it is still functional and operational. So the best way I, I, I basically support the historic nature of my facility is by maintaining it and keeping it operating because it's not sitting in a museum somewhere collecting dust. It's actually being used every day by our customers as they go to and from their business on a daily basis. Is Sashi Shing here from Agile? Well, you guys are Okay, so your question is more a statement. Um, he actually compliments the CTA for running a professional government government organization and asks if you could share some tips. So I'm sure he needs to see some of your folks. So who does he get to see? I'm going to direct him to the right person. Uh, he should see uh, my chief operating officer, Veronica. Ver is, is Veronica here? Yes. Okay, Veronica, meet uh, Sashi. There you go. Okay. So um, that, is, that does say something that a government-run organization is getting compliments because as hard as I know you all work, um, sometimes it gets lost in the bureaucracy of, of everyday, um, just what we do every day. 